the strength of those martyrs as they stood on the seashore or they knelt at the seashore, you know, with the um, daggers to their throats and they did not falter. They were not afraid. And their last words were, Lord Jesus Christ, help me. Right. And so um, that, you know, we say that the, the blood of the martyrs um, irrigates the church and strengthens the church. Um, I remember uh, they, they had an interview with um, one of the relatives, I think a wife of one of those um, uh, martyrs that was martyred. And, you know, she was talking about, of course, you know, they missed them. Of course, you know, we, we cannot ignore the human factor. Um, but they asked her and they said, if your husband um, had renounced Christ, you know, just to escape death and, and he came back, what, you know, what would your feelings be? And she said, we would have killed him if he did that, because it's a lot more powerful to witness for Christ and die for his sake, for his name's sake, rather than to forsake him just to escape, you know, martyrdom and escape death. So we will talk about, you know, um, take a page out of the church history and we'll talk about the era of martyrdom. When it started, what are, you know, the um, characteristics of this uh, martyrdom? And we'll talk about the different types of martyrs that we have in the church. And we'll take a look at some examples of some of the martyrs that we have in our church. Um, so there are 10 major um, eras of persecution in the early church that correspond to 10 emperors. So we'll talk about them. Um, and then we'll talk about the different types of martyrs and then we'll take two examples of two very well-known martyrs in our, in our church and kind of, you know, expound on their story. So the first era of martyrdom was under Emperor Nero. And this was very early um, in the, uh, the years between 54 and 68. This man, um, he went crazy, and actually we'll see that most of these emperors actually like went mad either before, during, or after. Um, but in order for, for him to kind of ascend to the throne and to make sure that nobody else takes the throne from him, so he killed his, his entire family. His, he killed his brother so that he doesn't try to overthrow him. He killed his mother so that she doesn't become like queen region and, and try to take some power, and he even killed his wife. That was the beginning of his reign. Um, he burned a very important city. What city did he burn? Rome. He's the one who burned Rome. I have some blanks here. This is to keep us like, uh, you know, awake, because if I'm, if I'm talking the whole time, then you might like fall asleep. But if there's some stuff here that I'm gonna ask you, so you'll stay awake. So he's the one who burned Rome. Um, and the two famous apostles who are martyred uh, under him, who are the two famous apostles? We celebrate them on the Feast of the Apostles. St. Peter and St. Paul. So he's the one who killed St. Peter and St. Paul. And they were martyred on the same day, um, in the same year, in the year 67 AD. He killed thousands of Christians. And his, his madness went as far as he would bring those Christians into his courtyard. He would like um, uh, put wax on them, 
like wrap them in wax and then he would fix them to the trees and then he would burn them so that they become living torches so he can walk in his garden that's uh, you know how the, the madness that that he fell into so he was very vicious in his persecution of the christians to the point that he enjoyed it he enjoyed watching people you know burnt death while he's uh, um, you know walking around in his garden so that's the first one nero the second one was under emperor domitian and this was in 81 to 86 uh, to 96 um, this guy he deified himself he called him he had people call him lord and god so he said not only am i king but i'm also god he also killed his brother so that he doesn't um you know uh, dethrone him but not only his brother he killed the entire roman senate so that he becomes since he deified himself so i'm god i don't need the senate i can do you know whatever i want a famous uh, 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 apostle was persecuted during his time I'll give you a hint. He's the one who wrote the Revelations. Who's that? San John. So he tried to kill San John by, by, boi uh, by boiling him in, in oil. Um, God protected San John because it wasn't the time for him yet to depart. And so he came out of the, uh, you know, of the cauldron. He didn't die. And so he banished him. Where did he banish him to? Where did he write the Revelations? in Patmos, the island of Patmos. Patmos was a penal colony, so they sent criminals there. And so they sent St. John there, expecting that you know, either you know, the criminals will kill him, or uh, you know, they didn't ex expect him to come back. Um, but instead, basically, St. John turned the island into heaven because he saw the revelation there, and he saw the revelation because he was praying. It says, I was... Uh, in the spirit and the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is Sunday. So he was praying, and so he, he, he saw the revelation. And it's not, you know, clear whether he saw the, you know, the entire revelation at one time. It's more likely that he saw it over a period of time. The, the, the book of Revelation are seven revelations. So it's, it's very possible that he saw, you know, one revelation at a time, maybe over several weeks or several days. But the point is, he was in a state of prayer. And if he was in a state of prayer, you know, the people around him most likely got infected with that spirit of prayer. And so they began to, you know, um, leave their criminal uh, attitudes and, and become more, um, you know, tame, at least towards him. Um, and that's why some of the fathers say that when St. John wrote the Revelations and when he talked about Babylon, he was referring to Rome. So he said the great Babylon was drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus, referring to the persecution of Domitian um, against the Christians in Rome. Um, Domitian um, exceeded Nero in his persecution, and we'll see that it escalates from one king to the next. So he declared that no Christian, once brought before the tribunal, should be exempt from punishment without renouncing his religion. So maybe before this, uh, they were able to let some of the Christians go if they, you know, for whatever reason, maybe if they were rich and they, they paid some money or whatever. But here, he said, once, once they're caught as Christian, that's the crime, then they're, they're not exempt from punishment. Um, St. Timothy... 
he is the disciple of who? St. Paul. St. Timothy died and was, uh, you know, um, persecuted during this time period as well. The third period was under Trajan. And here we see it escalates even more. So now thousands of Christians are killed daily, on a daily basis. Um, one of the disciples, so the the disciples of the disciples, they're called the Apostolic Fathers. So one of them was martyred um, during this time. Do, do you know who he is, or can you tell from the picture there? Ignatius of Antioch, that's right. Um, Saint Ignatius, do you, know, do you know his story of martyrdom? You know, he was an old man and um, af uh, after he got arrested and they were taking him, you know, to the, to the arena to be executed by wild beasts. Um, so one of the um, commanders or, or maybe, you know, the, the governor or whatever, he told him, you're an old man and, you know, just, you know, have pity upon yourself. Just renounce Christ. You can still worship him in your heart. You can still worship him behind closed doors, but just in front of the king, you know, renounce him so we can let you go, so you can go home. You're an old man. And so St. Ignatius said the famous phrase, um, I have been living with Christ for 85 years, and never once did he leave me. How can you expect me to leave him now? Um, so St. Uh, Ignatius of Antioch, St. Simon of Jerusalem, uh, Eustychus, um, he was a Roman Christian commander. After coming back from a victory uh, over his enemies, so they asked him to burn incense before um, the idols to celebrate the victory that he just came back from. Of course, he said no, and so they executed him and his entire family. So this was, you know, the, the attitude. It doesn't matter whether you're an old man. It doesn't matter whether you're a successful army commander. Um, if you don't accept, you know, to worship the idols, if you don't accept to renounce Christianity, then you are going to be killed. The next one, so I, I don't expect you're going to remember all 10 of them, right? But we should be familiar that there are 10 persecutions, 10 periods, and it's escalating each time, and maybe we can remember some of the you know, famous people that were um, executed during that time. So the next one is under uh, Marcus Aurelius. Um, and he had a different approach. He was not so much you know, persecuting Christianity for the religion, but he was actually trying to you know, prevent Christianity from destroying the state. So he was, it was more political. Um, and so he was afraid because Christianity kept, kept growing. And this is what I'm talking about, right? The martyrdom or the blood of the martyrs irrigates the church. So the more that they kill, the stronger the church gets and the more people believe. You know, we, we, we know in many of the stories of, of the martyrs, you know, they, they bring like, you know, they bring St. George and, and they try to um, kill him and he's healed. And so what happens? All the people around him that are watching, they believe. So that church keeps growing. So he was afraid that eventually the Christians will just take over. And so for the first time, now there was an active pursuit of Christians. So before, maybe it was that 
you know, when, when they happen to find somebody who's a Christian or for whatever situation, they find that this person is a Christian, then they take him. Now the situation changed that they, they are going around asking, are you a Christian? Okay, so they capture you without any reason, without any, uh, any kind of, you know, um, um, uh, reason for them to, to, to come forward. Um, and this is where they started to offer rewards if you leave, you know, Christ and if you leave Christianity. And of course, um, most of the people refused. Um, and they preferred to die instead of, you know, receiving a, a reward. And the very few people who did accept to be rewarded um, died very uh, soon after they recanted. And so they, they lost, you know, the earthly and they lost the heavenly. Um, another one of the apostolic fathers was martyred during this time. Do you know who, who it is? Or can you tell from the picture? Yes, St. Polycarp of Samarina. Okay, so Ignatius was before him, and then Polycarp um, was in the, in the fourth period. The fifth period under Severus. Um, so this is a little bit interesting. Severus actually was, um, uh, he liked the Christians. And he actually, uh, he, he was severely ill, and then he went to, you know, some Christian people, and they prayed for him, maybe a, a bishop or a priest. And so he was healed from his il illness through the prayers of the Christians. And so he, he had a soft, you know, spot for the Christians, and so he favored them at the beginning. But then um, the multitude you know, began to accuse him that, you know, you're, you're letting the Christians grow and now they are growing a lot more than us and, you know, they're going to take over the, the country and all of that. And so he started, you know, he turned and he started to persecute the Christians. Um, and especially in the areas of Syria and Africa. And some of the important martyrs that um, you know, some of them we may know of, some of them we may not know. So Saint Perpatua um, was martyred during that time. And um, Saint Perpatua, her, um, her story, they brought her to the arena to be, um, you know, killed by the beasts. And the beasts didn't come near her. So they... <coughs> Like Daniel in the lion's den, they just kind of sat around her and, you know, she started petting them and stuff like that. So they, they, they didn't attack her. And so she went to the, uh, the, the swordsman, the executioner, and she, she took the sword and she put it at her neck and she told him to please help her get to heaven. And so he, uh, he killed her um, with his sword. Um, Saint Irenaeus, that's another name that you probably um, have heard before. He's the disciple of Saint Polycarp, and he was martyred at that time as well. Maximus, maybe you've heard of this emperor. This was the sixth emperor. And it's, it's said that he was evil in his persecution. And I had to think about that a little bit, because persecution in, in itself is evil. But for history to say that he was evil in his persecution means that he was like you know, beyond, you know, his predecessors. Um, in some provinces, everything was done to eliminate all Christians. And he started to kill the Christians without trial. So before there was trial, it, it didn't matter because they were 
<laughs> you know, they were guilty anyway. But at least there was due process of the law, even even if it was skewed. But, you know, there was the image of some kind of law and some kind of court and some kind of trial. But now it's there is no trial. You're Christian, you die. Um, and then they, you know, so he started to kill many people and started to bury them in like, you know, large uh, mass graves and things like that. Um, Emperor Decius, I, I'm sure you've heard of this name also. And during his time, there was extra growth of the church, okay? And so the heathen temples were forsaken, and actually some of them were started to be turned into churches. So that really pissed him off. <laughs> you know, it really upset him, and uh, it upset the, you know, the, um, the heathen priests because they were you know, losing business. Um, so his hostility was political, and for the first time, his aim was the extinction, not, uh, not the extinction of Christians, but the extinction of Christianity as a religion. So his aim was, I want to get rid of Christianity from the face of the earth. I want to get rid of it as a religion. Um, so bishops and priests were unconditionally punished with death. Christians were to sacrifice to the gods or be tortured to death. And as, as we said uh, before, you know, the few that recanted then, you know, um, died very soon after that. So Decius, the thing to remember is he targeted Christianity as a religion. The next one, Valerian, you probably heard of, of his name as well. He's the eighth emperor. And he he um, uh, commanded or, or signed two edicts. The first edict of 257, he said that Christians were prohibited from holding assemblies or entering the subterranean places of burial. Why are they prohibited from entering subterranean places of burial? That's where they gathered when they couldn't gather publicly. So they would go into the tombs and the, and the, um, the crypts and pray there. So he said they're not even allowed to go in there. And the clergy were, were sent into exile. And then a year later, he issued another edict, which was even more um, uh, worse. So he said that clergy were to be executed immediately. So the first edict was, you know, they go into exile. And the second edict is like, I don't even want to deal with that. Okay, you just find a, you know, a Christian clergy, you just kill them right away. Laymen were degraded, their goods confiscated, and then they were executed. And then Christians who were holding, you know, government office, who were working in the imperial uh, household, were sent ch in chains to perform forced labor. So he took a little pity on those who were working in the palace, and he said, okay, I'm not going to kill them, I'm going to make them slaves. I'm going to send them into exile uh, and to perform labor. So this was under uh, Valerian. The next one, th this is the ninth one under Aurelian, this was in two, uh, 274 to 287. Here we have, during his time, we have um, the story of the Theban Legion. Does anybody know the story of the Theban Legion? Have you heard of the Theban Legion? At least you've heard the name. 
So the Thebian lesion, where's Thebes? Thebes is in one, which country? Not Greek. No, the original Thebes. Is it? Somebody said it. Egypt. Egypt. So they were Egyptian. So the Thebian lesion was a lesion of army made up of 6,666 men. 6666. All Christians. An entirely Christian lesion. They were ordered to march over the Alps into Gaul. Gaul is, is what country today? France. And the Alps is where? Switzerland. So they, they marched through France and through Switzerland. And then after they did, you know, um, whatever um, was asked of them as, as an army, then they were ordered to offer a general sacrifice to the gods and to assist in the extermination of the Christians in, in Gul. What do you think they said? They said, no, of course, right? And so the whole legion refused, all 6,666 men. And so the emperor ordered every 10th soldier to be executed. So he, he, he lined them up. It's, it's called decimation. He lined them up, and he counts 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 10, so he kills that soldier. And then he counts another 10, and he kills that soldier. So then he did that. And then what did the people say? Did they say, okay, we're afraid now, we're going to burn incense? They said, no. So he said, okay, so I haven't learned your lesson. So he did it again. He decimated the army one more time. This is the army, right, the, the soldiers. So he killed every 10 soldier. He did it a second time. They still said no. So finally, he had the entire legion butchered. 6,666 men. You may have heard some of the um, people in the Theban Legion, maybe you didn't know that they were part of the Theban Legion. San Victor, you've heard of San Victor? Yes, no, maybe. San Maurice and San Verena. I'm sure you've heard of San Verena, okay? So these are the three famous um, uh, martyrs of the Theban Legion, and they're very famous in Switzerland. Their bodies are in Switzerland. So if, if you ever go to Switzerland to visit, you'll, you can ask. Everybody knows San Verena, Saint Maurice, and Saint Victor, and they are Egyptians. Um, Saint Verena was a nurse, and so um, she actually, um, before she was martyred, when she went to Gaul and when she went to Switzerland, um, she started to teach them about basically healthcare, about how to you know, um, wash their hands and, and kind of, you know, uh, stay healthy. Um, so usually she is pictured holding a comb in her hand, um, you know, s meaning that she is the one who brought, you know, some kind of health reform to Switzerland. The tenth and the last era that, that we are concerned with is under Diocletian. I'm, I know you've heard this name. Hmm? Saint Abanoub, yes. Actually, most of the martyrs in our church are under Diocletian. Um, and this was the worst era of persecution. And this is the era that the church chose to celebrate the Coptic New Year because of the fierceness of this persecution. So Diocletian issued four edicts. The first one, 
The churches are to be destroyed, the scriptures burned, Christians of uh, possession would lose their honor, and Christians of lower rank would lose their liberty. That was the first edict. The second one, leaders of the Christians are to be thrown into prison, so the priests and the deacons and the bishops. The third one, Christian leaders are to suffer tortures, and you can guess what the fourth one was. They die. They're put to death. Okay, so it escalates um, with, with each, you know, edict. Um, as I said, many of the martyrs that we know are during this time. St. George, tell me some of the martyrs that you know, and we'll tell you whether it's during this time. Most likely it would be within this time. We already said St. Abanoub. Who else? St. Alexandra. St. Alexandra. St. Alexandra, yes. But who's the famous one? with St. Alexandra, St. George. Mm -hmm. Saint Alec we'll talk about actually St. George and St. Alexandra uh, later today. You probably, you, did you peek at my presentation? No. <laughs> okay, yes. So St. George and St. Alexandra, who was the wife of, of the emperor. Who else? St. Mina, yeah. St. Mercurius. St. Mercurius was in the, in, in the yes, one yes. before that, yeah. Um, what about the, the, the most famous female martyr? Saint Demiana. Saint Demiana. Um, also, Pope Peter, what do we call him? What is his title in the church? The Seal of Martyrs. Why do we call him the Seal of Martyrs? Why is he the last? Does anybody know? Was he the pope at the time of Diocletian's era's end? Yeah, but why is he the seal of martyrs? So Diocletian said, I want to kill the Christians until their blood reaches the, um, the, the ankles of my horse. And so one day as, as he was uh, on his horse, when they uh, persecuted, when they were um, executing St. Peter, the, 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 the patriarch, the, the bishop, St. Peter prayed to God saying, Lord, please accept that my life would be the end of persecution. And so when they executed him and his, his blood ran into the street, while he was on his horse, Diocletian, his horse stumbled and fell down, and so his ankles reached the blood. And so he said, Okay, so now the blood has reached the, the ankle of the horse. And so that was the end of persecution. Here, entire towns and villages were, were, were martyred. Um, there's many, many stories, but I'll tell you one story. Um, there's one village um, in, in Upper Egypt where the soldiers went in and they killed all the Christians, right, everybody. And there were three farmers that were in the field. And so they finished their work in the field. They came back, at, you know, at the end of the day. And, like, there's nobody in the village. Everybody's dead. And so they, they, they searched around and they found the soldiers. And they said, what happened? They said, we came and we killed all the Christians. So they said, okay, well, we are Christians. And, and the soldiers were like, well, our um, swords are um, uh, dull because you know we've been killing all day so it's not sharp anymore so just go away you know this is your lucky day go away 
And they said, no, we want to be mortal like, like our families. We want to you know, go to heaven like, like them. So they're like, well, we can't kill you. We don't, you know, our swords don't work. So they gave them their, their axes, and they said, you can kill us with our axes. And so they killed them with their axes. Um, in that village, um, I haven't seen this, but I know people who went and, and visited this village. Um, there's a church that sticks out in the street. So like the street, you know, a street like this. And then there's a church that <laughs> just sticks out, and then the street continues. This is the church. It's, it's called the Church of the Three Farmers. And what happened is when they built the church, um, you know, the church was built first, and then they started to, you know, uh, pave the street and whatnot. And so they tried to move the church, or they tried to move the bodies of, of these uh, three saints, and they wouldn't move. You know, they're like Saida, right? We're, we're here, we're not moving. So they had to build the, the, the street to go around the church so that because they couldn't move the bodies, they couldn't move the church. Um, so as I said, the Coptic Orthodox Church began its calendar of the martyrs by the first year of the reign of the Ecclesian in, in 284. So if you, want, if you want to know what the Coptic year is, you take you know, the, the Julian calendar, so 2021, subtract 284 from it, and you'll get the um, Coptic uh, year. Okay. So that was kind of the history of um, persecution. Of course, persecution, as I said, did not end, right? Until today, we have persecution. Until today, we have martyrdom in the church. And that wasn't the beginning, but that was the, you know, the, 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 the 10 uh, most vicious era of martyrdom. Um, the types of martyrs. So we can categorize the martyrs into three types. The first category is the martyrs of faith. And this is the majority of, of, the, of the martyrs, like all the martyrs that we know about, San Damiana, San George, San Mina, um, they're all martyrs of faith. There are two other categories. There are martyrs of purity, and there's martyrs of dogma. Martyrs of purity are those who chose to die in order to protect their purity. And martyrs of dogma are those who chose to, be, to die in order to protect the teachings of the church. So martyrs of purity, um, for them, death was easier to bear than impurity. Most of them are, are females. Um, and most of the judgments that were handed down against the female martyrs um, included defiling them. And so these brave women stood up against that tyranny and they refused to allow their, their bodies to be defiled. An example of that is Saint Putamina, and she was a disciple of Origen, the scholar. And when, when they um, pronounced the, the sentence against her, um, it's, it's documented, she cried to the ruler saying, by the head of your emperor, do not let them remove my clothes and allow them to let me go to the tar pit with my clothes on. Then you will see the power to endure that Christ, whom you do not know, will give me. It was very important for them to kind of keep their purity. And so a soldier, his name was Basilides, tried to defend her. And so, you know, no, no good deed goes unpunished. So for his, um, you know, defense of her, he was also martyred with her. Um, another one, San Veronica, and this is a very nice story. 
Um, this was later on in, in, uh, during the Arab conquest in the year 749. So she was a nun, and so the soldiers of the caliph entered the monastery for the virgins, and they, you know, they, they captured all the virgins. She was very beautiful, and so they wanted to assault and rape her before they kill her, of course. And so she told them, you know what? Um, I really like you guys, right? And I have a secret, and I'm going to tell you the secret. And they said, what? What's your secret? And she said, I have this oil. It's like a magic oil. If you rub it on yourself and you go to war, then nothing will happen to you. You're like invincible. Here, let me show you. Let me rub some oil on you and then give me your sword and I'll pierce you with your sword and nothing will happen to you. And they're like, what do you think? We're stupid. You know, no, of course, we're not going to do that. She's like, okay, fine. Here, I'll rub it on my neck and, you know, do whatever you want and you can strike me with your sword and nothing will happen to me. So, of course, you know, they, they, they struck her with a sword and she received the crown of martyrdom and she protected his, her purity um, against those who wanted to defile her. There was another, I didn't, I didn't include it here in the slides, uh, but there was another uh, female martyr. I don't remember her name. Um, she was thrown um, to the beasts, and so she was to, to be trampled by um, a wild uh, buffalo. And in doing this, while, while the, the beast was attacking her, so it tore up her clothes. And so she started to gather the fragments of her clothes and try to cover her body with these fragments of clothes. She's going to die. You know, it's, it's only a matter of minutes. But during this, these few minutes, she, she was very keen to protect herself, to protect her, her purity so that she's not defiled um, even during the attack. The third category is the martyrs of dogma. And um, these are the martyrs that um, protected the faith. And typically, these were persecuted by other Christians, or, you know, what they called themselves Christians. Um, heresies began to appear after the era of persecution during the reign of King Hu. Who is the king that is attributed with ending persecution? King Constantine. King Constantine ended the era of persecution and he gave religious freedom. M many people think that he's the one who declared Christianity as the um, you know, official religion of, of the state, but it was his son who did that. But King Constantine um, allowed religious freedom, and by allowing religious freedom, he freed all of those who were imprisoned uh, for, for being Christians for the faith and uh, allowed them to return to, um, you know, to the faith. Um, when this happened, so we go back to, you know, the point I made at the beginning, that the blood of the martyrs does what to the church? Irrigates the church. It helps it grow. When martyrdom stopped, when persecution stopped, so during the, the time of persecution, people were concerned with what? With keeping their faith, right? Surviving and holding, you know, on to uh, their faith against the persecution. When that ended, now people have time. They have, and when people have time, what do they do? 
Yeah, how, how does it start? If you have time on your hand, you start thinking. Yes, it's a dangerous thing to start thinking. Okay? When they started to think, now that they have time and they have, you know, a um, uh, freedom to talk and to preach and to do all of that stuff, then they started to scrutinize the teachings of the scripture and the teachings of Christ. Is really Christ the Son of God? Is he really God? Is the Holy Spirit really the Spirit of God? Is he God? Is the Virgin Mary really the mother of God or is she the mother? We talked about some of that the last time I was here, right? About the Theotokos and, and Arius and all of that, right? So these clergymen, and most, most of the heresies came from clergy, and most of them were bishops. Um, they started to think, and they started to reason, and they started to, and there's, I want to make a distinction here. So there's nothing wrong about thinking, right? There's nothing wrong about trying to understand, you know, religion, trying to understand theology. But <coughs> you do that within, you know, the realm of the teachings. You do that with guidance, okay? Because you want to understand, not because you want to find a problem. Some people, you know, they, they, they come to me and they say, you know, I have a friend in school who says, um, you know, he's got all these questions, and would you, would you talk to this person? Because I, you know, I want that person to come to Christ. I want that person to return to God. Okay, so what kind of questions he's asking you? And then, you know, they'll show me a list of like 27 questions or something like that. And at that point, I say, don't even bother. Because... This person is not looking for God. This person is looking just to have an argument, just looking to, you know, have a discussion. He's not, he doesn't want to be convinced. He doesn't want to believe in God. He is just a, yani, a looking for to pass the time to, to try to convince you, whatever. There's, there's an art to um, apologetics. And there are, there are methods, if you, know, if you take the time to learn apologetics, not every question should be answered. And not every um, you know, discussion is to be had. There are some discussions where you say, no, I'm not going to have this discussion. Because this person is not looking you know, to be convinced. This person is just looking for basically trouble, to cause trouble. And this is not something that I'm making up. Um, St. Paul says about these kinds of people, he said, do not talk to them, do not even allow them into your house. So um, when somebody like Jehovah's Witnesses comes and tries to talk to me, um, I'm not going to allow them into my house because the, the scripture tells me do not allow them to, uh, to come to. I'll talk to them, and I'll talk to them only to up to a certain you know, um, point and if, if there is tendency for that person to listen, then great. If there's no tendency and it's just a matter of argument, then don't waste your time. I remember one time I was, um, I was in Europe and I was taking the train um, from Amsterdam into Germany. And <coughs> there were these two um, young ladies, they, they were Jehovah's Witnesses, and they were sitting next to me or across from me. And so I, I started to talk to them and ask them, you know, about uh, their service and what they're doing and things like that. Um, and, you know, obviously they are young and they're, 
you know, they're not very well rooted in, in the religion of Jehovah's Witnesses, but they are, you know, just doing the service, right? So I started to tell them, you know, to speak to them. And typically when, <coughs> when I do something like this, I don't dive right into the theology, okay? Because uh, y y you'll lose them right away, okay? But usually I, I begin with like church history, like what I'm doing, right? And where did the church started from? And, um, you know, the, 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 the heresies and the, the councils and the split and where is the Orthodox Church coming from? And so I show them, you know, that the Orthodox Church has been there from the beginning and all these other churches are offshoots and, you know, divisions from the church. And typically they'll listen to that because most of them don't know the church history and they're, they're, they're interested in that. And then you can, from there, you can start to talk about the differences and things like that. Well, as I was talking, and I didn't realize it because I was, I was talking with them and I'm focusing on them, and at one point, um, one of them like looked across the, the way or something, and so I turned to see what she was looking at, and the entire um, cabin of, of, the, of the train were all listening to me as I was talking and telling about you know, the church history. Um, so <coughs> you need to, so I, I, I kind of went off on a tangent telling you about apologetics, but there is an art to apologetics, and there's an art on how to talk to those people and when to talk and when not to talk, and how to, um, you know, uh, formulate the conversation so that you are not the one who's being attacked, but you're the one who's trying to um, give them an answer. So back to church history. So the martyrs of dogma are the people that try to defend the faith against other Christians who are trying to, um, you know, um, profane the faith. And there's some examples here, just I took three examples. Um, we don't even know his name, but a priest from a city called Barca. Um, he was tortured and beaten to death by the Arian bishop, Gregory, because he would not consent to the Arian teachings. So Arian, back to you know, church history, Arius was the heretic in the first uh, ecumenical council, right? And so... Um, when the church excommunicated Arius, it didn't mean that his heresy died. It just meant that the church said, this doesn't belong to us. So there were people who still believe, and until today, there is an Arian church, right? Um, and so th there was an Arian bishop who came into the city, and he tried to convince this priest um, to consent to the Arian teaching. The priest refused, and so the bishop beat him to death. Uh, San Macarius, the bishop, that's the picture that you have here. Um, he also refused to sign the Arian decree, and so he was kicked by the Arian bishop until he died. It's, it's very strange to, to put those two words together, a bishop and, you know, kicking him to death or beating him to death. But that's the kind of people that uh, we're dealing with. In Alexandria, um, after the, f the, the, the ecumenical council of Chalcedon, the one where the church split, um, when the um, uh, the uh, imperial, so what happened in Chalcedon, okay, again, I'll, I'm going to go off on a tangent a little bit, but I think it's important for you to know this. What happened in Chalcedon was that the church split, right, and they, they deposed the, the patriarch of Alexandria, Dioscorus. 
And so because they deposed him or excommunicated him from the council, and the council was a Roman council, right? It was, you know, upheld by the Roman government. And so they said, well, we need to send a bishop to Alexandria. And so up until today, up until this day, there are two patriarchs in Alexandria. There's the Coptic Orthodox patriarch, our patriarch, like Pope Tawadros, and there's a um, imperial patriarch who is sent from Rome. And his title is also Coptic Orthodox Patriarch. Okay? So um, nowadays it's not as bad as back then, but back then when this patriarch or this bishop entered, he entered with an army and he had both religious and civil authority. And anybody who opposed him, he had the right to kill them or to throw them into prison. And so this is what happened when um, the, er the uh, uh, imperial patriarch entered into Alexandria after the, the, the position of um, Pope Dioscorus. The people, of course, rejected that. And so the, the imperial army attacked the people and 30,000 people were killed that day who withstood against the imperial uh, patriarch. Another category of martyrs, um, they're, they're called the confessors. Who are the confessors? The confessors are those who confess the faith and are tortured, but then they, they, they are not martyred. So they're released and they die later. And many of them were the, at the time of King Constantine because when he uh, took um, uh, office and when he... Um, allowed freedom of religion, he released many of those who were tortured in the prisons. Um, some examples, St. Thecla, the martyr, um, she was one of the disciples of St. Paul, and she went around and preached in many, many places and endured many, many um, tortured, tortures. Um, she was not martyred, so she was released at the end, and she died you know, a natural death. But because of the extreme tortures uh, that she endured for the name of Christ, the church gave her the title, the martyr, even though she's a confessor. Uh, Saint Dioscorus, wh wh who we just talked about, the patriarch of Alexandria, um, he died a natural death, but he was tortured in the council and afterwards. Saint Samuel the Confessor is another example. Maybe um, some of you have um, seen, um, uh, you know, read about him or, or seen his name. St. Samuel the Confessor was also, after the time of St. Discourse, he refused um, to accept the, um, the decree of the imperial bishop, and so um, they beat him up, and um, they flogged him, and uh, he lost his right eye during that time. That's why in, in the pictures there, you see that one of his eyes is injured. Okay, how much time do we have left? Ten minutes? Okay. So in ten minutes, I'll try to tell you the story of two of the, the greatest martyrs that we have. And some of this you may already know. So St. George, the Prince of Martyrs. He was, where was he born? Who knows? What country? Cappadocia. Yeah, Cappadocia, Cappadocia. And where did he live? Where did he grow up? In Palestine. He became a military commander. He tore up the edict of who was the who was the emperor at that time? Diocletian. Diocletian. 
Um, he distributed his wealth to the poor, freed his servants, confessed his faith before the emperor, and then he, he endured many, many, many tortures. This is just some of them that are listed here. This is not all the tortures. He was stabbed with spears, he was imprisoned, put under a large stone, tied to a pressing wheel, he was poisoned, he was put in iron sandals with red hot nails, dragged, tied to a horse's tail. It's, um, some, of, some of the stories are funny. So when they put him in, in, the, in the iron, um, the sandal of iron nails, and he was uh, being dragged in them, so the emperor saw him and he started like making fun of him and laughing at him and he's like, you know, do you like this torture? And he's like, yeah, I'm having a nice walk here with, the, with my new sandals. Um, <coughs> of course, uh, with each one of these, God um, healed him, and so he was able to endure. Um, how many years did he suffer? Seven. Seven years. And how many kings judged him? Seventy. We know this from the doxology of St. George, right? Um, so seven years and 70 impious kings judging him every day. Um, as I said, each time he was healed, many would believe in him and, uh, and be martyred, including the magicians who prepared the poison for him. I think all of us know the story, right? So, you know, when the, when the king was tired, he's like, I just want to get rid of this guy. Um, so the magicians are like, oh, there's no, no problem. We'll prepare some poison. He'll drink the poison. He'll die and it'll be over with. So they brought him a, a cup of poison, and he said uh, he made the sign of the cross on it, and he drank it. Nothing happened, right? Um, so the king is, like, furious at the magicians. So the magicians are like, well, he's also a magician. You know, he, d he did some, you know, actions with his, uh, with his hands, and he said some magic words with his mouth. And so that's why he was able to overcome the poison. So then they prepared another cup, and they tied his hands behind him and told him, don't speak anything, you know, just drink the poison. So what did he do? He said, should I drink from here or from here or from here or from here, right? So he did the sign of the cross with his mouth. He drank the poison, nothing happened to him again. And so the magicians believed and they were martyred as well. Saint Alexandra, what Sharif said, the empress, she saw all the tortures that he was going through and she actually believed and she was martyred as well. Um, <coughs> he exercised the demon possessing the idols. So they, at, at one point, they, um, you know, they brought him into the temple, and he said, "Yeah, let me see the temple. Maybe I'll, uh, you know, maybe I'll change my mind and, and worship your idols." So they brought him into the temple. You know, he made the sign of the cross. the The demon that was possessing this temple was uh, frightened. He he escaped out of the idol, and the idol fell down and broke, and of course the emperor was really upset. He died three times. So three times they actually put him to death, and he came back to life. Um, finally, the fourth time he was beheaded, and this time, you know, he stayed dead. Um, that's when the emperor was, like, tired and ashamed, and he's like, just get rid of this guy. I, I know that beheading works, so let's just behead him and, and get it over with. This is a, a nice picture I found. Um, you see um, the St. George being tortured. He's being crucified there. And you see the people looking around. And um, I, I, I believe that's St. Alexandra in the background also watching what's, uh, what's happening there. 
Um, the second person, or the last person that we'll talk about is Saint Demiana, one of, one of my favorite saints. Um, she was born to pious Christians. Her mother died. Her father, what was his name? Anybody know? Mark. Marcus. Mark, yes. He raised her, and he was uh, the ruler of uh, two districts in Egypt. Um, when she was of age, she refused to marry and instead asked her father to build her like a castle um, so that she can live the life of worship and virginity. And so um, he built her a castle, and she lived there with how many virgins? Forty virgins, right. Um, and then her father, Marcus, um, when Diocletian was torturing the, the, the Christians, so her father lost his faith and he offered incense to the idols. And when she found out, she rebuked him. And she told him, how could you deny your savior? I would have preferred to hear about your death. If you do not return to your f first faith and renounce the worship of stones, you are not my father and I'm not your daughter. And so he repented and he said, woe to me, how can I fall in the devil's trap and worship these idol statues? statues and he declared his faith, went back to the emperor, and this time he was steadfast in his faith, and he was martyred. Um, and then the emperor is like, so who changed his mind? They told him his daughter. So he sent uh, soldiers to the palace, first to try to persuade her. Of course, um, she refused, and they basically offered like um, amnesty to anybody who would renounce, you know, the faith, and they're they're free to look to leave. So none of the virgins left her; they all stayed with her. Uh, she was tortured savagely many times, and each time Archangel Michael would come and he would heal her. And of course, again, w when people see this, so they come to the faith. So this led many to the faith, and then finally Christ appeared to her. And he told her, have courage, my chosen one. I have prepared for you the crown of your wedding in heaven. Your name will be remembered forever as it will be the cause of many miracles. And in this place, a great church will be built to honor your blessed name. And that's the monastery of San Demiana in Egypt until today. Um, she was beheaded along with uh, the 40 virgins. Um, I visited that monastery. Um, my sister w uh, is a nun and she um, she was living in that monastery. Outside of the monastery, there is um, an area, they call it the area of the uh, red sand. That's the place where they killed the 40 virgins. And so their blood, of course, flowed into the sand. So until today, that sand is red. It, 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 it stayed red ever since that time until today. Um, I saw the, the, the tomb of San Damiana as well. They, they built a really beautiful church on top of it. And up until, you know, recently, the tomb was open. In other words, you know, uh, it wasn't sealed, so people can go in and, and get her blessing. And <coughs> um, the bishop would go often to go get her blessing. And she's buried there with the 40 virgins. So after a while, she appeared to him one time, and she told him, Father, it's not proper for you to keep coming in, and we're all sleeping in here. So then he got the message, and so he sealed the tomb. So now uh, nobody can enter the tomb, but you can see the tomb. You can get the blessing. The, the, the altar is actually on top of the tomb. Um, so 
as we you know, celebrate the Feast of the Nairus and the Coptic New Year, it's, it's important for us to remember our, our fathers and mothers, the martyrs, who with their blood, they have irrigated the church. They have allowed the church to prosper and to grow and to become powerful and to be strong. Um, so in, in this Feast of the Nairus, let us remember the martyrs. Let us um, look at their life. Let us remember uh, their steadfastness and let us um, ask for their blessings, for their intercessions, for their prayers, that God may strengthen us also in our um, faith um, so that we can confess um, his, um, his, his faith as they did um, throughout the ages. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Any questions? Okay. Uh, let's stand up to pray. Can somebody pray for us? Any volunteers? Or I'll pick somebody. Can you pray for us? Lord, we thank you for bringing us here today for this Bible study and having us learn about the the martyrs who sacrificed uh, their lives and helped irrigate the church for it to stand strong for us to be here and to receive their blessings and to learn from their martyrdom and be encouraged and will stand fast in the in the presence of adversity. Father, we come to you uh, learning with a learning spirit. And we pray that you can bless us and keep us in your in your holy arms. In your Son Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Hear us, O Lord, we pray together, saying, "Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever." In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, God, Amen. Thank you for coming, and we hope to see you um, every um, Thursday here in the Bible study. Um, I also wanted to just um, uh, let you know um, I'm starting a um, Coptic Rites class. It's online. Um, it will be every Tuesday um, at 6 p.m., 6 to 7 p.m., um, and um, in, I've, I've done that class last year, and we covered all the rites of the church, starting from the raising of incense all the way through um, the liturgy and the praises. So we'll do something similar um, this time, and we'll add a few things. We'll, there'll be some church history and things in it. So if you're interested in, in attending that class, you know, let me know or give me your email address, and I'll send you the information um, so that you can um, join the class. So it's Tuesdays at 6 p.m., will be starting on September the 21st.